our supreme hope, the supreme hope of every believer is the coming of the Lord Jesus. And the cry out of our hearts is, come, Lord Jesus. Come, wonderful Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you today for joining me this wonderful day and a glorious week this week. And I pray the Lord will really richly, richly bless you. Thank you for being my wonderful friends and family, by the way, my family in the Lord. By the way, I want to remind you before I begin teaching today, we're having a celebration in Dallas, December 3rd, 48 years in ministry, December 7th of this year, it'll be 48 years, but we're celebrating on the 3rd, and make sure to come and be with us. So go to our website and find out all the details. And I turned 70 also at the same time, so it's a special time. Well, anyways, 2 Peter chapter 3, please. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. And if you have a prayer request, send it today, by the way, to our ministry, Pastor Benny at BennyHinn.org. All right. 2 Peter 3 and Beginning at verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in, the, in which the heavens shall pass away, with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the element shall melt with fervent heat. So the return of the Lord is very important. In fact, it's mentioned 318 times in the New Testament. That's 260 chapters. Think about one in every 25 verses mentions the second coming. And a very large part of the Bible is prophecy. So the prophetic scriptures are a light. A light shining in a dark place until the day dawns. So when it comes to the scriptures, 
we have to understand how important prophecy is. So, Second Peter one nineteen, please. Let's go to Second Peter one nineteen. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed. And that's why I'm talking to you today. I think it's time to really pay attention to what the prophets have said about these days. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. What a beautiful portion here. As unto a light, prophecy, Bible prophecy, end time prophecy is like a light that shines in our hearts in a dark place. That's what we need, the light of God in the world, not only our hearts, but also in this dark place, the world. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in our hearts. So, these prophecies, when we, when we study Bible prophecy, we are given guidance, we are given assurance that everything is under control. Now we're seeing so much prophecy, end time prophecy, last day's prophecy, fulfilled before our eyes. I'm amazed by how little it's being talked about when prophecy is being fulfilled almost on a daily basis now worldwide, especially in Israel, what's happening in that part of the world, what's happening globally, is quite really remarkable to me. And every day almost, some prophecy somewhere is being fulfilled. And some days, many prophecies are being fulfilled. Like one of them, for example, that people are not paying attention to is the return of the Jewish people to Israel from many parts of the world, even today. And that fulfills prophecy. What's happening inside Jerusalem? A fulfillment of prophecy. What's happening in the church? A fulfillment of prophecy and so much more. And in the world, all the fear, all the turmoil, all the chaos, the talk of war on a scale we haven't heard in so long and so much more. So these prophecies give us guidance, give us assurance that God Almighty is in control. Now, the final goal, the final goal of Bible prophecy is one thing, the return of the Lord Jesus. Now, I am ministering this word today because I want you to begin crying out, come Lord Jesus. Because it's the, it's the cry of the bride. It's the cry of every heart who loves the Lord. Come Lord Jesus. And today, you know, you sense it all around. There's such a an amazing cry today in the world for the Lord's return. I was telling Chad if you uh, just actually a few days ago and a few hours ago about what's happening in Iran 
Oh, that is so moving to me. What a moving moment for that nation. What a moving moment for that part of the world. And a glorious moment, may I add. I believe the day will come. We're going to see a mighty move of the Holy Spirit in that part of the world, the Middle East, that we have not seen in 2,000 years. And that day is coming soon. Very soon, in fact. In Titus 2 and verse 13, and I just want to say something here. I really sense this. I really sense this. Before the second coming of the, of the Lord Jesus, we are going to see a move inside Israel that have, has never been seen. I'm talking about among the Jewish people, among the Arab people inside Israel, that we've just, I think we are seeing the beginning of it, but I I don't think we really have seen yet the the full impact it's going to have worldwide. And I mean worldwide, because the church, the church began in Jerusalem. And the Lord spoke prophetically in Acts in Jerusalem, to the people of Jerusalem and Israel, that all gifts will be restored to the church in Israel. Because when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he said that all things will be restored, and he was speaking to the Jewish people. He said all things will be restored before the coming of the Lord, meaning that what God did 2,000 years ago in Israel will be done again in Israel. And that's why I'm looking at that part of the world today continually, I mean daily. I'm paying attention to what God is doing, to what's happening in that part of the world politically, what's happening economically, what's happening with their technology, how it's affecting the whole world, not just the Middle East, but the whole world. Israeli technology today is, is changing the world. And God did say, I will make you a light to the nations. And it's happening. It's really happening in a very amazing way, really. Not only spiritually, but in many ways. What a blessing. So we are going to see, before the coming of the Lord, something very, very amazing. So in, in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 13, it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If anyone questions, and you hear that today, sadly, is Jesus God or is he the Son of God? Well, there's one verse that says clearly he is God. It says the appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, before the Lord ascended to heaven, He said to us, I will come back and take you to be with me. Oh, dear Jesus, thank you. Oh, Savior, thank you. That is our longing. That is our hope. The glorious return of our precious, wonderful Redeemer. Hallelujah. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. 
John 14, verse 3. And this precious Lord, this same Jesus, the angel said, this same precious, wonderful Savior, this same Jesus, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven, the angel said to the apostles. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So he will come back personally, visibly, physically. I repeat, the Lord will return to earth personally, visibly, and physically. Because the first coming of the Lord ended the age of law. That's the first coming. When the Lord came the first time to earth, it brought an end to the age called the law. Now, the second coming will bring the end of the age of grace. In John 1.17, and I want to explain that to you in just a moment, and I'm talking here about the rapture, of course. Because when we talk uh, about the coming of the Lord, we're talking about two stages of the coming of the Lord. The first stage is what we call the great catching up of the church or the rapture. Then seven years later, the visible return of the Lord when every eye will see him, or every eye will see him then. So it's the two stages. I'm talking to you here about the rapture first, first. So it says in John 1, 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Now we are going to see the end of that when the Lord returns because the second coming of the Lord will end the age of grace and usher and usher a new age. And we'll read that in Matthew 12 and verse 32. Here's what it says. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world or the age to come. So there's a new age coming. And the, and the age to come will bring about a new heaven, eventually a new heaven, a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. So at the Lord's coming, first, the first stage, the dead in Christ will arise. That's what we call the rapture. That's in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and so on. So first we're going to see the saints arise. The dead in Christ will arise. And, and it says that at that same time, our glorious, or, or I should say our bodies, will be changed like his glorious body. Hallelujah. And our bodies will be glorious. Let's in fact go together real quick to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51. 
Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Hallelujah. So we are going to see that the transformation of our bodies when the great catching up takes place. Philippians, let's go to Philippians, all of us. Let's look at chapter 3 and verse 20. For our conversation or citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. What an amazing, glorious day that will be. When, when you and I will be delivered from this corruption, from this body, and our bodies will become glorious, like his own body. What a day. Now, there will also be later the resurrection of the ungodly. Now, they will rise to be judged and condemned. Let me show you the difference, okay? Because the Bible talks about two judgments, the world's judgment and the church's, because we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ with the church, which happens after the great catching up, after the rapture in heaven, before the Lord returns visibly to earth. But there is that day when the ungodly will be judged. So let's look at John chapter 5. We're going to read verse 28 and verse 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, which happens during the rapture, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation, which happens after the millennium reign of the Lord. So when you read the scripture, you have to divide it properly. So the Lord says, marvel not at this, the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves will hear the Lord's voice and shall come forth. They that have done good, meaning the church, at the first resurrection of life, when we will arise, spoken of in 1 Thessalonians 4, the dead in Christ shall rise first, it says. And then the Lord says, and they that have done evil, which will stay in the graves for an additional thousand years, now they'll be resurrected to be judged. And the Lord calls it the resurrection of damnation or condemnation. 
And in Acts chapter 17, in Acts 17 and verse 31, here's what it says. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness, in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, meaning the Lord Jesus, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. So the resurrection of the Lord is proof that he will judge the world, that he is the Son of God. He is God Almighty. So here we see the scripture talking about the judgment of the ungodly, which happens, like I said, a thousand years after the coming of of the Lord. Now, the judgment of believers, which is mentioned first, as I showed you, let's just go also and see it again in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, which happens first. So this actually is the judgment of all believers that happens after the rapture, before the visible return. Remember, two stages. Rapture, visible return. Seven years in between. During those seven years, while the earth is having tribulation and great tribulation, we will be judged in heaven. And here's what it says. Second Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And then when you read 1 Corinthians and chapter 3, it also talks about this, and then we're going to pray together, because I want you to be prepared for the coming of the Lord and to stand before him without shame. So in 1 Corinthians 3, 12, now if any man build upon this foundation, meaning our Christian life, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So this is the judgment of believers. We will be judged then for our work. The unbeliever will be judged for his sin and her sin we will be judged for our work. So it's very important to understand everything we do in this life is only a test of what we will be given in glory, how we will be seen in glory. We have to pass the test then here. This is only a test. This life is a test. And we must be faithful to the Lord. We must be very faithful to him, continually loyal. So a steward must be found faithful. And we have so many examples in the Bible of uh, where individuals suffered loss for not being faithful to the Lord. 
No, we will not lose our soul, but we will suffer loss. No rewards. Shame. Paul said that we might not be ashamed on that day. Now, I'm going to continue this tomorrow because I really need to, pr- to bring to you other scriptures about this. Because I want you to finish well and strong. I want you to finish stronger than when you started in this race. Because the Christian life is a race. Let's finish well. The coming of the Lord is very imminent, very close. We're closer than ever. The signs are everywhere. Lord, I pray in your holy name that everyone I'm talking to will finish well. Come on, let's believe. Will finish strong. Stronger than when they began in this blessed life. Now, Lord God, help them and deliver them from any extra weight they don't need to carry anymore in this life. Set them free, Lord, from the sin. Set us all free from the sin that so easily besets us. Looking unto Jesus, unto your Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. The word declares unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us without blame, with joy, to the only wise God be glory forever. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayer. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Look up your redemption, brought now. And I'm going to come and remind you of this one thing over and over as we stay together. Now, it's time to give to the Lord's work. Why? Because it's his command. It's his word. He said, give. This was not an advice. This was his word. Give. So when we give, we reap. When we give and we obey, we are blessed. And this is the time to give more than ever. I think any person who is not giving today will suffer great loss before the coming of the Lord before the coming of the Lord. Financially, they will suffer loss. And in in other areas, they they could suffer loss. Because see, obedience, that's the key, right? Obedience. We obey the Lord in all things. In all things. And he is one who said, give. It shall be given unto you. It's the Bible. We read the Bible. It's God's word that says, honor the Lord with your substance with your money and the first fruits of all your increase. Not just some. That means tithing. With all your increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. It's holy. It's the Lord's. Lord, bless your people as they obey your word. There be no lack, no lack among them or their families. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right. Go ahead and give right now to the Lord's work. You can sow your seed on the platform you're watching me on, and God will bless you for it. He has never failed and never will in giving and giving and giving again to all of us. You can sow by going to our website, benahin.org. You can sow by 
texting BHM45777. And please be careful of uh, people who uh, send you emails or, uh, or messages that are not coming from our ministry as though we are the ones asking. Look, you'll see my face, okay? It'll come from BHM before, before you know it's real. But if you uh, see something on, online, uh, people are after money, and it's not me they, they're saying it's me, but it isn't. Be careful of that, okay? Thank you for being our partners, precious people. I pray the Lord will bless you and reward you. And remember, December 3rd in Dallas, come and be with us. Go on our website and see what's going on. We'd love to have you. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.